Good Guns Podcast, coming to you from the heart of football country, the heart of football nation, which just happens to be in Texas, because that's the way football should be. Uh Guns Podcast, we are a podcast that deals with football in San Antonio, professional football in San Antonio, mainly centered around the San Antonio Brahmins of the XFL, which we're going to talk a lot about today. Also... San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League, which we will also touch on today. My name is Philip Higginbotham. I'm joined, as always, by Leo Yamas. What's up, Brahma Herd? And R.C. Woods. Hello, beautiful people. And man, do you feel it? Do you just, is it like a weight lifted off your chest in a way? Is it like, is it like fresh air? After you've been cooped up in a car with no air conditioning with five teenagers. I can feel just, it in my nuggets. It's, it's <laughs> okay. It's a family <laughs> show. Uh, oh God. That feeling, that feeling, I think it's, I think it's victory. I think we got a win yesterday against the Orlando Guardians. A win that I was confident we would get but was so scared that we were going to go out and do something dumb and spit the bit. And then it was going to be like, Oh God, we lost to the guardians. We've got problems. Um, that's not the issue. The Brahmas actually handled themselves very well. There's a lot of talk about, well, they did just enough to win. They won 30 to 12. Is that just enough to win? They did more. They did. No, they dominated. They, they had, Really, one bad defensive uh, series, and then another one where it was like okay, halfway good, uh, halfway bad, and then halfway good, and then you know when you when you have like eight to ten tries from the one yard line <laughs> to get right, in, you're eventually gonna get in. So, what a back and forth on that particular drive too. It's like oh, it's a penalty against. The Brahmas, they're definitely going to score. And then we would sack uh, Paxton Lynch or whoever was the quarterback at that time. And then I'm like, oh, maybe we're going to stop. Oh, never mind. They just scored. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, an interesting game all the way around. Uh, we want to talk about it. We're going to talk about the watch parties that some of you guys got to go to. Uh, we want to talk about the game itself. We want to talk about uh, some of the wider XFL stuff that went on yesterday. Hey, I uh, I had to watch the game earlier today. I didn't get to watch. I, heard, I listened to the game yesterday as it was happening, but I headed all the way over to Houston um, to enjoy the Houston Roughnecks and the Arlington mm. Renegades. Um, mm. Scouting the opposition. I went out there to uh, to take a look mm. <laughs> and see how we're going to fare against the Houston Roughnecks. You're not jumping ship to the 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 team that's closer to your backyard, are you? No, not at all. They're not. <laughs> it's, no, hey, we look. talked about that. We know that's not what was going on. <laughs> uh, I got I got an offer from a guy that's all the way out in social media. You see him all the time, Los Mysterio. Oh, yeah. Uh, he yeah. had an extra ticket. I reached out to him and said, hey, um, if you still got it, I'll, I'll come. And uh, he, I told him, I said, I'll come as long as I can wear my Brahma's gear. 
if you would be embarrassed with me sitting with you in my Brahma's gear, I'll stay at home. And he's like, no, you might get, you might get razzed. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm not worried about that. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, and he said, I'll be real honest with you, man. I'm a Houston Roughnecks fan, but you guys, like, I want you guys to succeed every other game, but the ones that you guys play against us. And I'm like, <laughs> I can make that kind of deal. I can be okay with that. Like, I'm okay with Houston winning as long as they're not playing us because ultimately they're going to have to play us. And, uh, you okay. Know. Yeah. I was misunderstanding you there for a while. I was like, you, I think I thought you were going to say you were okay with, with winning all the games except for against the Roughnecks. And I was like, no, oh, no, no, you can't make that deal. No, in reverse. Like I can, yeah, I, I can you. be okay with Houston. Certainly. I don't mind if Houston beats Arlington. That doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, that's fine. In fact, I wanted that. I really wanted Houston to win last night. And uh, if you see me on the video and you can, if you go back and watch the game, I was cheering for Houston because what that sets up is this game as early as it is week three now becomes a game this week that is for control of the South division because they are two and oh, we are right. one and one. If we were to beat them, we would both be two and one and we would have the head to head. So this is actually a, a early season battle for the South division. Um, Orlando's not it. Like they're not going to win this division. Arlington no. doesn't look like they've got their stuff together. Although they've got Bob Stoops, they've got some pieces. You could see them making a late season run at being yeah. pretty decent. Um, Orlando's just not, they're not it. Like I, I'm Apologies not to Coach Buckley, but yeah, that that team's in disarray. Is is Orlando looking on their schedule right now, or Orlando Guardians fans looking through their schedule right now, going, "When do we play Vegas?" Because I think we might be able to beat <laughs> Vegas, but I'm not sure about the rest of these teams. So we want to talk about all of that, but we need to start where we usually start, which is like last week. There was a story that popped up, and we just got to give it some. Uh, we've got to give it some notice because I think it's important. I think it, it worried some of us. It scared some of us. Right. And it's, uh, it's something that we need to talk about. So Monday night or Tuesday, when was it? That there was an announcement. It, that, wasn't it right after the game? So that was Monday, the day after the game. Yeah, the day after the okay. game. So it was Monday. So we had just got done recording here, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, on Monday, and we find out that the GM, this is how it came out on social media. Thanks, Don Harris and Chuck Mikatinik uh, for putting it out this way and scaring the crap out of everybody. Appreciate you. Uh, they put out that the San Antonio GM general manager had been fired. Other executives in the XFL were already on the chopping block. Could this be the AAF all over again? Like, that's... I'm almost quoting what Don Harris wrote in his first tweet. Um, you are. Yeah. And, and it turns out none of that is true. Um, Thank nope. God. There, Mike Sheehan, the, the GM, which is not the he's not the GM. He was the VP of business and event operations. I don't know what that means, but that's what he either. was. Uh, was fired. It appears to be a personnel issue. The league is not going to say much more than that. No corporation, no company says any more than that. When they fire somebody, it's a personnel issue. And that's it. That was the only one. It was not financially related. But 
But part of the story that really shocked me is two guys here in San Antonio, I've already mentioned their name once, but Don Harris and Chuck Mikatinik uh, both went crazy on social media and stirred up a hornet's nest without all of the information. Once they got the information, they started trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube, and we know how that Never works. Happened. Too late. Too late. Doesn't work that and way. That's, that's the part that really chaps my hide and gets me upset. You guys, those guys are local. They're local uh, news guys. They have a following here locally, and and they should know better. They should know better than to jump the gun and mention anything that has anything to do with the AF and start starting rumors like that. Because right away, the fan base was going, "Oh no, here we go again!" Like, what's here, going yeah, on? It's like sky, a trauma. It was like a trauma. the sky is falling attitude again. You gotta understand, we got a great passionate fan base here in San Antonio, but we are a very fragile fan base because <laughs> of the prior experiences we've had, you know, we've, For sure. we've, we've gone through the heartbreak. We've gone through, uh, through that, that whole thing where the things just get, you know, swiped out from underneath us. And then you have these two boneheads releasing this stuff out, jumping to conclusions, putting stuff out because they, and, and you, they knew what they were doing. That's what gets me mad. They wanted to get the reaction. They wanted to get uh, 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 the the ball rolling and and, and start a, a story uh, just for the sake of being all out. You know, they're the ones that started it. But there was nothing to this. There was no sus substance to what they were putting out there. And yeah, I that just really gets me po'd when they do that here and, and start because I I was on the phone. All evening long. Yep. Taking taking texts and 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 uh, private messages and hey Leo, what's going on, man? What what have you heard? What's going on? Is this happening again? Really this soon already? And Lolis is like watching me. I'm sitting there in the kitchen on, on our island and I'm there going through all these texts and messaging back and forth. And she's like, "Are you ever gonna put the phone down?" And I'm like, "You don't understand." I'm I'm, I'm like trying to trying to calm down some people here. Everybody's freaking out. Because yeah. of these two, I gotta be nice on our show, so I just right. say boneheads, knuckleheads. <laughs> yeah, these two knuckleheads um, that are putting this stuff out there. There's just absolutely no truth to anything of what they said, other than Mike Sheehan was released and fired. And and then, like you said, they try and put the toothpaste back in the in the tube. They tweets getting deleted and stuff, but it was it was they had already done the damage, and a bunch right. of fans. A bunch of fans were already freaking out and spreading stuff, and then it, and, and it was all over social media, all over Facebook. Um, you know, which is where the the major you know fan base that's really followed the team since the beginning. That's that's where we get our information. That's where we connect through, and and it was just a ripple. And I really did not appreciate those guys. And yeah, I'm I'm a little po'd at them. Jeremy, I felt like we were like took two steps forward. And that announcement brought us like 10 steps backwards. Like we had to rebuild again, rebuild the confidence. Jeremy Garcia checking in on Facebook said, Philip definitely put Don on blast. Tell him, Philip. Uh, I did. I went on Twitter after he began trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. And I said, you're better than this, Don. Like I, I know Don. Uh, I don't know Don personally, but actually his brother was a pastor of mine years back, like I respect Don Harris a lot. 
Um, I don't know anything about Chuck McAdenick, and he was not the one I was really frustrated with. But I know Don Harris. I respect Don Harris. I still do. I just think this was a really poor decision in this particular moment. And he was trying to jump out in front of this thing and, you know, like uh, got got his his wires crossed or or didn't know what he was talking about or whatever the case may be. But I did. I, I said, you're better than this. Uh, do better. And he actually responded and said, I never said it was the AAF all over again. Well, I had taken <laughs> a tweet. I had taken a picture of the tweet, a screen grab of the tweet. And so I came back and said, yeah, that's kind yeah, of exactly what you said. So it is what it is. Nothing is uh, nothing has come of any of that. This guy, Mike Sheehan, whoever he is, is no longer with the team. We've seen no other firings, no other issues that we can tell. As far as we know, everything is moving forward. But it does make a fan base that has been mm -hmm. through this once before, more than once before. But once fairly recently, back in 2019, nervous. Yeah, um, of course. And there's nothing we can say to dispel those nerves at this point and be like, ah, it's not the same thing because we all went through this before. We all dealt with this before. And this was kind of the things that started happening and started the ball rolling that ended up destroying the AAF. So there's nothing we can say other than it doesn't sound like anything but a an isolated incident. And that is what it is. And I don't think we should really have to spend any more time on it. No more uh, light on that. Let's just move yeah. forward. Yeah. So then we have football this weekend. Who watched the Thursday night game? Did y'all watch the Thursday night game? Yep. Thursday night what? game was fairly good. I saw so some of it. Another miraculous uh, comeback, A.J. McCarron and the Man. Battle Hawks. The Battle Hawks are the luckiest team in luckiest. the XFL, a, man. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. That's true. I was going to say that. They have been the, the, the lesser of the team on the field for two straight games and ended up coming out with the win both times. Mm -hmm. Like, the the odds of that are astronomical. Since apparently we're in a league or, or following a league that's all about the odds, <laughs> and right. betting Gambling. let's talk about, let's talk about the odds of being the the lesser of the teams the worst team on the field and winning twice <laughs> uh the odds of that are are astronomical they have not been the they were not the better team here in san antonio no they were not the better that. team in seattle but ben denucci and our defense decided uh, we're gonna hand the game to you anyway um which is all that they've had i look AJ McCarron, it's a neat story. It's a great story. I got nothing against the guy, but he's not playing better than Jack Cohen. No. He's no. not playing better than um well, I mean Jack Cohen's the one that pops to mind because he's ours. Um, but he's he's okay. And I love his story, and it's great that he wanted to do this for his boys and all that kind of stuff. Um, Robert Rankin checking in and saying the Battle Hawks have only played good for about six minutes in both games. There were and the that's, six minutes that counted, right? Yeah, that's, that's six minutes combined. That's a whole six <laughs> minutes out of two hours worth of gameplay. It just so happens they were the right six minutes, and now they're two and oh. Yeah. They're gonna have a test question mark against DC oh. this week. The St. DC's, Louis Hawks. DC's defense is is pretty legit. So yeah, I that, still don't that, understand what they're doing at quarterback in DC, though. 
I don't think like, they they really know. They don't 100%. know. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. You know, it's it's gonna be like like the 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 Brahmas in week one where there's some question marks offensively, but the defense is gonna be uh their main concern. They're gonna, you know, their luck's gonna run out eventually, but give them credit where credit's due. You know, when the when the game was on the line, McCarron has played pretty well. You know, the, the team has got it together and made stops, turnovers when they had to, and they've managed in those six minutes, like Robert said, to make those plays really count. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see against DC. Kevin checking in on Facebook. Not gonna lie, as a Battlehawks fan, I'm nervous about this weekend. I get that. I totally understand. I uh, why you might be a little nervous about this weekend. I will say this to Battlehawks fans, and we know we have some that uh, listen and hang out with us. Welcome. Uh, you're always welcome here at the Smoking Guns podcast to belly up and talk about football with us. Um, we're not bagging on your team. I just think it's amazing that you've been as lucky as you have uh, over the last two weeks. I will tell you this about the St. Louis Battlehawks. Despite my best efforts, I am beginning to really like Anthony Beck a lot. Like, I like that guy. He is personable. He is fun. He's having a great time out there. He's enjoying being the coach of this team. Uh, I like him in the same way I'm learning to dislike Rod Woodson and uh, oh, and and uh, Terrell Buckley. Like, I, I'm, I'm getting favorites in this league that I've enjoying watching coach. Heinz Ward, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, Wade Phillips is always kind of a fun, personable yeah. guy. Anthony Beck is now on that list. And on the other side of that, like Rod Woodson and Terrell Buckley, which we'll talk about in a minute. Jeez. They're not um, having fun. <laughs> not sure about either of those guys. I, I understand the Rod Woodson thing. I don't know about Terrell Buckley. Like, I'm not at the point where I, I, I'm starting to dislike the guy. I'm starting to feel really bad for him, though. Like, it just seems like he's he's not he's not connected with that with that team. Those players are not connected. They're not anyway. best team. Together. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like he knows how to fix that. He's very frustrated. Right. I don't St. think Louis- he's a leader. Well, let's talk about that in a minute because we'll get to the Brahmas game. St. Louis wins on Thursday night, and then Saturday night we had the game in Vegas. Oh, Anybody have any thoughts about the game in Vegas? <laughs> Blame that- it on the rain. No I'm kidding. <laughs> that was some ugly football. Some yeah. ugly football that we had to watch through, like some grimy, you know, wet uh, cameras. It reminded, it reminded of my cousin Vinny, you know, where they're talking about the old lady <laughs> looking through the, the, the screen. And he's like, yes. he had to look through this screen that had this dirt on it, this window that had this crud on it, and her glasses that are like 10 years old, you know, a 10-year-old prescription. That That's kind of how I felt we had to watch that football game. But I don't think if it had been in high def, if it would have looked any better. <laughs> uh, Robert from, Rankin checking in, field, saying the Vegas the game was tough to watch. Bad. Yeah, so the field, let's talk about this venue, yeah. Cashman Field. Uh, the venue is awful. Uh, just awful. Like, like there's no other field, word for it. I think it was. And we could have the whole conversation about, well, they couldn't go anywhere else, and Mark Davis won't let them into the Roomba and all of those things. All of that is true. true. In in on my couch on Saturday evening, I don't care about any of those things. I want to be able to enjoy the game and the field, the uh, the presentation. I don't. What is with K 
cameras that are getting rain all over them. And I tried to excuse some of that by saying, well, you know, they don't have a structure on one side of the field and a structure helps block a lot of rain off. I, I mean, if you've ever sat in the stands of a sports game in the rain and you've realized that like I can move up, I can move back five or six rows and I'm not getting rained on anymore because this structure is blocking the rain. Like it makes a difference. Mm. And so I understand all of that, but you don't have towels. Like you can't wipe the lens of a camera between, uh, between, you know, in commercial breaks or something. Uh, the presentation was bad. The gameplay was bad, was sloppy, but it would be because it was raining and wet and on a terrible field. I think, the, the Saturday night game was the most detrimental thing we've seen to the XFL this season. And the, the low attendance. They said it was 6,000. Maybe 6,000 people purchased the tickets, but they were not there at the game. Well, after the rain picked up, I'm sure right. some of them probably moved back up into cover, you know, being on cover, whatever. But it, it reminded me a lot of a, a, a team here locally, the, the, the San Antonio Gunslingers, when they started in their initial you know, it, it was kind of it's kind of a situation, I think, with the XFL where um from what I heard kind of behind the scenes, they really only were con like the the deal was signed and approved um to get into that venue and get things set up for the game like a week in advance. Like right. nine days, I think it was. Um, it might've been seven, but I think it was nine days and they had nine days to turn that field into something that was able, they were able to present a presentable football game on. And then it rained that to make matters worse, but I expect hopefully the next, uh, the next home game is probably going to, going to look a little bit better. Um, Which is this week. Like they go right back into uh, Cashman field again. Now, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. I know a lot of people are like, get the team out of Vegas. Vegas isn't going to do it anyway. Move them to San Diego. I'm okay with that. Like, I like the idea of San Diego better than Las Vegas. However, uh, the UNLV football team is building a stadium that is supposed to be done in a couple of years. And my understanding, the rumor, let me say it that way, the rumor I have heard is that they will cancel the final year of the Cashman deal once that stadium is complete and will begin to play Vegas Vipers games there in a brand new stadium. I don't love that we have to watch two years worth of football at Cashman. I almost kind of wish Vegas would just be a road team until then, but I also understand how that doesn't really work either. So I don't know. It was a bad look. It was a bad look for the league. It was detrimental to the league. I saw more social media posts about the conditions of Cashman Field than I did anything else to do with this weekend, and that's rough. Like, that's just rough. To be honest, some of our high school fields look better in San Antonio here than over there. Well, yeah, and, and that, I'm sure they have high school fields available there too, but you can't sell alcohol at a can't at a sell high alcohol, field. and so there's it's not no an option. I'm just saying yeah. the field looked bad. The it's the San Antonio, yeah, the San Antonio Gunslingers in the 1980s of the USFL played at Alamo Stadium over there by the zoo. The rock and were, pile were unable to sell alcohol to professional sporting events. There's a reason the San Antonio Gunslingers of the USFL are not around anymore. 
And that's a big part of it. That's a big one. That's a big reason. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle travels this Saturday to Vegas. Seattle and Vegas are going to take. Now, the nice thing about that game, because I've I've already like I've already gotten kind of worked up about, man, I don't want to watch another game from Cashman. Chances of it raining again are slim. Yeah. So maybe we'll get a decent. <laughs> a it's a decent desert, game. people. It's a desert. We, they don't we get rain bet that on often. it. A bet on it. <laughs> it is Vegas. So finally, that takes us in the weekend. Uh, you know, DC wins that game handily. Vegas can't figure out what they're doing at quarterback. Is it going to be Luis Perez, Leo's favorite guy ever? Uh, and I never said that for the record. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they got Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley did not look great, in my opinion. For a guy that is getting paid more than anyone else in the league, he did not look like a guy that you want to be paying more than anyone else in the league. So, yeah, on, on that. It was uh, he's he's only been with the team what a couple weeks now and 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 you could use that as an excuse but there was one play in particular that I sent you a message Philip on I was like yes what was what was that where he where he fumbled he fumbled the ball trying to avoid the rush and it ended up being a very costly turnover um, when they were trying to get some momentum going and I was like he's he's a veteran you're you're supposed to, you know, take the sack you know, and, and punt and give your defense a chance. It was on third down. So he's trying to make something happen, but it was even worse because he, he, he was trying to do too much and took the blindside hit and fumbled the ball and, and uh, turned it over. And it, it was not a veteran play. And someone doesn't matter how long you've been with a team, uh, knowing the offense, being comfortable with the guys, being comfortable with the line. That's something that a quarterback, a veteran quarterback should have a feel for and know, get rid of the ball Punt the right. ball, let, you know, let your defense take over, and hopefully they get you the ball back quickly. Stephen Canto, more, like, more, more like a rookie thing than a veteran thing, for sure. Stephen Canto checking in. Have any of the players complained? I don't. I haven't seen anything from that, but I will be really honest with you. It would not surprise me at all if XFL leadership of some sort was waiting in the locker room at the end of that game and making sure that players and coaches understood how important it was to put the best foot forward because that was already trending mm -hmm. uh, negatively for them, anything from players or coaches. And and this is last chance saloon for some of these guys. So they're not going to buck the, the, they're not going to buck the league on this. If the league walks into the locker room and says, Hey, we're going to do X, Y, and Z to try to make this better. Please do not walk out of this room and make this worse on the league. Yeah. Uh, I could believe it. And look, we're not dumping on, we're not dumping on the XFL um, for the venue. They, they, they're, they took what they could, <laughs> right? They're doing the best they can. There was really no other option for them there locally. And so they're, they're doing the best they can there and working with what they have. Um, we just know that, with some more time for preparation that, that the field conditions could be better. Nothing you could do about the rain that just no. made it worse. That just amplified yeah. the, right. the shortcomings that I, and I say the shortcomings were due to the little time they had to prepare because they were waiting for the signatures to be finalized, the agreements to be finalized before they could actually go in and build structures and put, lay the field down and do all that. That takes a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of coordination 
and they had to do a lot in a short period of time. I'm I'm certain it's going to be somewhat better. I, I mean, another week isn't a whole lot of time either, but it's going to be better than what it was. I'm I'm sure, and it's and not going to be raining. I think if it was a bright sunny day, sunny day, I think Vegas would have lost either way. Oh yeah, yeah, probably. Set. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because that's the thing about conditions is it affects both teams. Like you can't go out there and be like, oh, that was terrible. Uh, you know, if the conditions were better, Vegas wins. Well, no, because both teams had to play on a crappy field yeah, in no. the middle of a monsoon uh, in the desert. Like that that happened to both teams. And right. so you can't really complain about that. So that brings us up to Sunday. And Sunday was game day. Now, you both got to go to watch parties. but in a first for the smoking guns podcast, you guys went to separate locations. Is that right? Like we were all three in different spots, which has happened before. Yeah. But you guys went to watch parties and, uh, RC, you were out at Alabo. Yeah. Beer, uh, beer. Mm -hmm. Leo, you went out to the hangar and, uh, hung out with fans there. The hangar so, pub over in Nacogdoches. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how did the watch parties go? Well, I think they went amazing. I had um, contacted Eugene, who's the owner, and he uh, told me to get in touch with Felicia, who was kind of running the place. So they, I called him. I said, hey, I heard you're having a watch party. Um, you're having the Brahma beer. Can we kind of tag along? I have a couple of friends who'd like to come. Welcome to Open Arms. Of course, I remember you from the podcast, doing it live here. So we were happy about that. So we got there. Uh, Felicia made sure that all the TVs were on the game. Uh, we had a schedule earlier, so we were hoping the Brahma Mamas were hoping to get there around 2-ish. And then at 2.45, kind of meet and walk around 2.45, we were going to take a group picture. Uh, Felicia went on the mic and she said, all fans, please come to the stage. And so we went to the stage and we took a group picture. And then at 2-ish, 50-ish, we started the dance. We practiced our little dance. So when we are at our next home game, so we can challenge the opposing team to a dance-off. So we're still still working on that. Uh, pretzels were good. Nachos were good. Drinks were good. Um, the best thing, I took my godson, Noah. And so he has he does not have an off switch. And so we had to take turns. They had a bouncy house. Um, they had a field that he can run around. And they had those big, um, like, connect fours, four in a row. Mm -hmm. um, you name it, they had that corn toss with the beanbags. He did everything. Right, we had, we had, it was like a tag team. It was his mom, it was Chessa, and it was myself, and we still couldn't hold on to him. But it was a great time. Lot of enthusiasm, lots of excitement. Um, old fans from the Commanders were there. Um, I don't know if you remember John uh, Barry and his mm -hmm. wife Diane. She actually made I don't know if you, if it shows well these two bracelets. The top one says Brahma, and the bottom one says Mama. Very nice. Well, that was very sweet, very sweet. And so I got to know more of the Brahma Mamas, got to know more of the fans. Um, Jorge was there. The Brahma Babe was there. Um, the superhero, what do we call him? With the shield? Captain, Captain Brahma. Brahma. Captain Brahma was there. I um, mean, it was it was a really good time. We had a really good fun. That's great. Uh, how many people showed up? Ballpark. I would say, I would say anywhere between 60 to 75. Okay. That's reasonable. As soon as I asked that question, I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be because for those of you that don't know, you don't, you're not part of our inside conversations. RC is not great at guesstimating numbers of people. It was like the, a thousand maybe. 
the event that was out at Alamo uh, Beer Company when the Meet the Brahmas thing that was a month ago or so. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, asked, we asked her how many people were out there. We were talking about it, uh, you know, not on the show, but offline one day. And she's like, I don't know, there was at least 100 people there. And I was like, look, I was just looking at video and I saw four to 500 people there. There wasn't just 100 people. I'm not um, the best at that, you know. But 60, 75 sounds reasonable and sounds that's like reasonable. a good solid wash party. That sounds yeah, like a lot good. of fun. It was good. I just wish they would have a screen outside uh, because we were all inside. Right. And so, and then it got super cold. I had like two jackets on and I was freezing. And so if any suggestion, I would say have a screen outside. Um, but it was good. It was a good time. Good thing it wasn't too hot or too cold. It wasn't raining. So that was good too. You know? Right. Leo, how are things at the Hangar Pub over at Steven's uh, party that he put together? Yeah, Steve O put that together. He and um, I know I see he's he's on right now, so he could probably maybe give an exact estimate. I would say somewhere between thirty and forty, probably closer to thirty ish. You know, maybe thirty five, somewhere around there. Um, they had TVs inside. They had TVs outside. Um, I was inside. I know there was a bunch of people outside. Thirty seven. Hey, so I, my estimate was was pretty pretty good. Um, so uh, there were TVs outside for the people that wanted to be outside, and that's where they had the smoking section. Then inside uh, the, the pub, uh, they had another four TVs on there. There was one or two that they had on the fight that was going on on that day, but for the most part, all the TVs were on the Brahmas game. The audio was on the Brahmas game, except for during halftime, they switched it over to the fight for the people that were there to watch the fight. The cool thing about that is there was people there to watch a fight, and they're like, okay, what's going on with this Brahma thing? You know, and th this football team, they got to watch some of that game and, and some of the fans and we were rowdy and loud and I'm sure they enjoyed that. And we got some interest, some uh, new interest and they had a full bar there, by the way. So there's a lot of people there for the bar, Uh really nice wait staff. There's like three or four of them. They were uh, very attentive, very nice people. Um, uh, lots of drinks. Uh, they had these really big, um, uh, mason jar cocktails that were really good. Uh, Lolis had one, and I had one that uh, they put a little bit uh, too much whiskey in. But but uh, that's a that's a different story. But it was uh, really good. <laughs> the wings were excellent. Uh, food was good, and the game was awesome. And it was nice to have the uh, the route the loud and and crazy fans there. And Steve-O was running around high-fiving everybody after the scores and he'd run around inside and you hear one group of, of fans cheering. Then he'd run outside and you'd hear the other group of fans cheering outside while he's running around high-fiving. It was a good time. You're a super fan, Steve-O. Definitely more rowdy for the game than the fight. That's for sure. 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 Cool. There were other Did watch anybody parties. Go to Woodrow? Was it Woodrow's? Yeah, I think that's just what Philip was just saying. There were some other watch parties around town, and I believe Woodrow's was deemed as one of the official watch parties. These, this was a, a fan run watch party, the the one at the uh, Hangar Pub. Um, but there were some other location, Woodrow's and uh, Smoke. I think were the other locations, right, Philip? Yeah, yeah, that's my understanding. Little Woodrow's. Uh, in fact, Robert checking in and said the one over at Braun uh, was good time. Excellent. Um, glad to hear that. I've heard some good stories about. And some bad. And I've heard some bad stories. And hey, the best we can say is 
Um, realize it's a new thing for lots of people, including your um, your bar, your wait staff, your bar staff that are trying to figure out how to get the audio. I can remember going to Southtown 101 for our very first Commander's watch party, and they had so yeah. much. They struggled so much to get the audio uh, over the, the speakers. Like, they don't normally do that. That's not normally the way they operate. Um, so go easy. I know a lot of folks have jumped on today and said, I will never go back to XYZ because we had a terrible experience. Man, if that's what happened, pick a different one. That's fine. Pick another watch party. That's great. But don't don't give Brahma's fans a bad name because you're going to run them down. Like They had just as weird an experience with that as you did. Um, if and we with go two day notice, hello. Yeah. So that's one thing that we were talking about offline is, is there were a couple of official or, uh, San Antonio Brahma promoted watch parties. The ones out there at little Woodrow's, all three of their locations, as well as smoke were official quote unquote watch parties, whatever that means. And we're not really sure we've, we've heard some people say it's this and some people say it's that we don't know. So we're not going to say anything either way, RC. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. (laughs) But um, the problem with that and and San Antonio Brahma's uh, leadership, ownership, not ownership, but the team staff should know, if you're going to plan that stuff, get it out there earlier. Um, Getting it out on Wednesday or Thursday is really not enough time for people. People have already made plans. People have already made decisions about what they're going to do. Get it out there as as week two is ending uh, the next day or Tuesday, you should start having stuff floating out about where your next watch party is going to be. So if there's watch parties for the Houston the Houston Roughnecks game next week, that needs to come out today or tomorrow. Yeah, Don't wait until Thursday to get that out and, and hope that uh, you'll have a bunch of fans show up because people are already making plans for what they're doing. Yeah, this fan base doesn't wait that long to figure out what they're going to do on game day. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, look at the tailgate. You can you can tell that that we're a bunch of planners, and uh, we want to be where the party's at. And uh, that's 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 not something that we wait till la- that late in the week to kind of put together. And I think some of the numbers may have been a little bit low at the watch parties because it was the last day of the rodeo. So we yeah. may see a jump in numbers next weekend. Yeah, I know we like to point to the rodeo and the spurs and this and that for things. Watch parties are just generally, and I want this is something that we talked about all week long between the three of us. Watch parties are generally low attended. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just is what it is. Like some people are like, no, I'm not going somewhere else. I can watch it at home and I'll just do that. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Um, I'm all for people that want to just sit on their couch and drink their own much cheaper beer and watch it at home. But I also know that there are people who like to gather together with other fans and have a different experience. And that's great. Um, but just know if you're, if you're one of those that went out to the watch party and you say, Hey, there was 25 or 30, Robert Rankin checking in and saying 30, 25 or 30 people over at uh, little Woodrow's on brawn. If you went out to that one and you were like 25 to 30 people, this is nothing. Like, just know that is that is watch parties right there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done them with the commanders. We've done them with the gunslingers. We've done them now with the Brahmas. Y- you can expect 
under a hundred people at a watch party. Like I've never seen, I'm sure there are some that, that, you know, jump over that. And the other thing is the first, the first thing you always hear when a watch party gets announced is why is it there? Somebody will pop up and go, why are they doing it there? Um, That's not close to my house, right? Right. That's not close to my house. So I know that there were like nine watch parties all over the city. Great. Pick the one that's closest to you. Go watch it with some friends or go to your favorite bar around the corner from your house and watch it with uh, the people there or whatever. Do what do what makes you happy. But don't jump on social media and be like, that's stupid. Why are they going to have it there? Like, stop it. Stop it. Like, and really, the whole point of the watch party is to keep enthusiasm until the next home game. And so if right. that's going to happen over 10 bars, let it happen over 10 bars, you know? So really, that's our whole purpose. We're not trying to have a competition like my watch party is better than your watch. Not Nothing of it. Not at all. We I want agree. enthusiasm all over the city. We want and to do all different, like, family-friendly, best swings, best pretzels. It doesn't matter. We need to keep the momentum and enthusiasm going, not only for the Brahmas, but for the XFL. Watch the different games. Don't just focus on ours. I agree, but our watch party was the best. <laughs> no, ours was. You didn't have a jumpy house. Did you have a jumpy house? Who wants a jumpy house? Oh, I want a jumpy house. <laughs> oh, Robert Rankin checking in and saying, my only complaint is that there are too many to pick from. Robert, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's not a thing. That's, like, that's, that's not excellent. a thing. There's that's not, not too a bad many. Problem. Uh, that's a good problem to have. Hey, We've got somebody from uh, the San Antonio Brahma's staff checking in, John Navarra. Uh, I'm sorry, John uh, Navarra. There you go. I said your last name completely wrong. Uh, he is with Ticket Sales. If you need tickets, contact that guy because he can get you uh, set up and get your season tickets, which are still available, um, or your single game tickets. He's got a whole staff over there that's going to get you all set up. Make sure you reach out to them and get set up. Hey, look, we've already been put on notice. They are opening up the next level of the dome in uh, St. Louis. What are you whooping? What are you so excited about, RC? You're excited that they're outselling. Attendance is attendance. That's what we need across the whole league. Across Um, the league. I agree with RC. I'm I'm rooting for St. Louis on that. I'm rooting for everybody. I, on the other side, say we need to beat them. We can beat them. But we want to beat them in front of a big crowd. No, I want to beat them with a big crowd. Like, we need to to get on the ball. Yeah, we need to get on the ball. And we can do it. uh, Yeah. So those watch parties were all uh, around something specific. They were around a football game, a football game that we really haven't spent much time talking about. And you know what? We're going to do that right after we take a quick break. So hang out with us for just a few minutes. If you're sitting on Facebook, I want you to wait right where you're at because we're not going to be gone long, but we do need to take a quick break. Smoking Guns Podcast, we'll be right back right after this. Smoking Guns Podcast, Philip Higginbotham, Leo Yamas, R.C. Woods. Told you we'd be right back. Uh, So, there was a football game yesterday. Believe it or not. There were two, actually, that we want to kind of chat about. But one, we're going to spend way more time than the other one on. But, uh, Leo, how'd you feel? 
we got a win and a win's a win. That's great. But how did you really feel about the game yesterday? I loved it. I thought, I thought the uh, Brahmas dominated outside of a couple of defensive possessions. Uh, that one was kind of bad and the other one was mixed. Uh, there was a big questionable penalty that really caused that. But outside of that, on the, uh, the the play on the field was really encouraging. I had a I had a feeling we we're going to come in and do this to Orlando just because of what we'd seen in the past. But uh, you never really know, right? Because we don't right. have any context to kind of uh, come to these conclusions. So I was a little bit nervous about it. But seeing that after getting into the first quarter, the second quarter, I kind of settled down and I was like, okay, yeah, it, it's it's what we thought we thought it was, and I thought it was great. I thought. Uh, Coach Ward put it perfectly where, you know, he learned a lesson from the first one. He said, this time around, we need to eat everything on our plate. We got to eat the gristle. We got to eat the vegetables. We got to get everything on that plate, just completely, completely em- uh, uh, empty it up. And I was like, okay, Heinz Ward is really, he's becoming Texas. Yeah. Because yeah, right? <laughs> that that's about as Texas as you can get when you, when you right. start talking about cleaning that plate and eating the gristle. So uh, it and but figuratively speaking with the team, you know, they didn't leave anything out there that, you know, they, they can say, well, we, we could have done we could have done this uh, or could have done that. Um, and, and we didn't because of, you know, lack of effort or lack of trying. I mean, it, it was it perfect. No, there's definitely room for improvement. But I think it was kind of a statement. It was a statement game saying that the uh, Brahmas are a lot further along than a bunch of other teams in the league. And I'm going to come out and say this right now because I've been seeing a lot of doubters and a lot of a, a lot of people questioning. You know, uh, haters is probably a little bit strong of a word, but maybe not so much for some. But in Jack Cohen, we just might have the best quarterback in the league. Agreed. In, We just might have the best guy in the league. And Heinz Ward kind of said something to that effect where he understands that people are, you know, questioning a little bit about the, about the uh, quarterback play. And he said, Oh, he's just getting better every game. Like I, I think, I think he hasn't even shown us how good he can be yet. And I, I, I'm really excited about that. And I think Heinz Ward recognizes that. And I, for some reason, I still see out there in the Facebook groups, the fan groups of people talking about, we need to find a better quarterback and this. And I, I don't understand what they're seeing. I don't know what they want, but just look at his stats lines. Look at, look at the stats compared to the rest of the league and look at the results. I'm going to tell you right now, Leo, you know who those people are? I'm going to tell you who those Brahmas fans are that are like, we need a better quarterback. I bet you money. Nine times out of 10, you could go check their profile. And they're Dallas Cowboy fans. Oh, that would explain some. Because <laughs> Dallas Cowboys fans, for whatever reason, no matter who their quarterback is, we need a better quarterback. And that goes all the way back to 20 years ago when they booed Troy Aikman off the field his last time at Texas Stadium because he had a rough game and actually got a concussion in that game, if I remember correctly. They booed him off the field. Tony Romo was never good enough. Dak Prescott's not good enough. They always need a better quarterback. I guarantee you, uh, nine times out of ten, you go check those profiles of those guys that are, Jack Cohen, we we need a better quarterback. We're never going to get anywhere with Jack Cohen. That's the same thing they say about Dak Prescott. I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, those are Cowboys fans. And it's sad. It's sad. 
I will say that I like that his accuracy is good. I also saw him doing some running, which was good. I thought the beginning of the game was a little slow. It started revving up, getting a little bit more excited. I know at halftime, I had kind of went live and I was asking everybody for predictions. No one said 30. I mean, I think we all agree that we were going to win, but I don't think they thought we were going to score as many points as we did. So I'm impressed by that. So RC says, I like his accuracy. Leo, you were bringing up that in the league right now, he is the quarterback with the highest uh, completion, completion percentage. percentage. Yeah, yeah, I know some stuff. 68.3%. <laughs> and the and next the I, next guy, number two, at 66.7 is Quentin Dormandy, and he's only thrown 18 passes. Right. So Hello. I, I, I don't know what more pe people want. And 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 that's with in both games, that's with him seeing what's happening in front of him and realizing the play isn't there and throwing the ball away very smartly, I might add. Right. He did at least three or four times in the first game, and I know he did it at least uh, three times in the second game. So you take away those; those those hurt his accuracy, but they're actually very smart, uh, heady, heady quarterback plays. I mean, he's been he's been very good. Didn't turn the ball over at all this game. Nope. Uh, he had three three uh, touchdown passes. Uh, I I think if you look at the throws when they're being when they're being caught. They're right where the receiver needs it to be. His accuracy is great. When you talk about, you know, there, there's accuracy where, it okay, this is the measurement of how many passes were caught. But then there's an accuracy on the next level. We're saying, okay, did the quarterback get the ball to the spot where the receiver could make the catch without a lot of effort? And if you look at his throws, it, it's there every time. I mean, he's putting the ball where the receiver could get to it. Again, more drop passes this second game. It's you know not the NFL. You're gonna see that. Although a lot not, as guys, not as many, not as many, not as many, and his First tight end just just might be a just might be a stud. Number eighty eight, I think, has grown to be his his favorite uh, receiver. Um, well, I'm trying to think of his name right now, but yeah, he's he did pretty Yeldon? pretty great. No, it's not okay. Yeldon. Yeldon, uh, I think, is so, eighty. So. Accuracy. I think I've told the story before, but I love the story. Accuracy is a funny thing because we think quarterbacks need to be super accurate to be a quarterback. And that helps. Don't get me wrong. Being accurate is a piece of being a quarterback. But being accurate means very little if you panic when you're in the face of, of rushers. And what I mean by that, uh, the Dallas Cowboys once had a guy named Chad Hutchinson. Chad Hutchinson could regularly drop a ball in a five-gallon bucket from 45 yards away. Do you know how hard that is? Do you understand yeah. how difficult it would be to drop a football in a five-gallon bucket regularly from 45 yards out? He could do it. He was not an NFL quarterback because when it, when the rush started pressing down on him, he panicked or, or held the ball too long, um, usually held the ball too long. He had a very short career where he spent a lot of time on his back for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Accuracy is great, but if you panic like Brett Hundley did in that Vegas game, accuracy means nothing. Um, Jack Cohen does not panic. I have not seen him have a panic moment where he just makes a terrible decision with the ball. He's thrown four touchdowns and one interception in two games. I'll take that all day long. If he does that for the rest of the season, I'll take that kind of ratio of yep. touchdowns to interceptions, man. That's great. And it is, and I, I want to respond to uh, Robert Rankin's uh, comment 
here on, on the Facebook uh, uh, people. He says, I think it's his deep ball accuracy, lots of short intermediate routes. Yeah, that's the game plan. It seems like it's mostly short and intermediate routes. His long ball accuracy might not be where you'd want it to be. But guess what? If he was accurate on the long ball, accurate in the short and intermediate routes, headsy guy that doesn't make mistakes, knows how to recognize a defense, knows how to recognize a play, knows when to get rid of the ball, can extend a play, you know, so he's not getting sacked, even though the, the defense is getting through. Guess where that guy's playing? Not New York dramas in the XFL. <laughs> no, they're not. Right? He's not going to be perfect at this point in time in his career. Otherwise, he right. wouldn't be playing where he's at right now. I, he's going to be a Jet or a Panther <laughs> if he can do all that, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, are there going to be some chinks in his game, uh, in his armor, a little bit of weaknesses? Yeah, and that probably is one of them. But when he has thrown long, when he has thrown deep, there haven't been interceptions. Why? Because even though he may have missed on some of those passes, he's always put the ball where only the receiver had a chance to get it. It's always been a little bit overthrown or a little bit a little bit wide, but not short, not where the defender is going to be, so that the defender can can uh, can turn you know take that ball and go go the other way with it. I just I have nothing but respect for for Jack Cohen's game at this point. He has a very calm demeanor, and I like that. And then if he's listening, which I'm hoping he is, um, I'm still trying to reach out to his mom. It's Donna Cohen to contact me through the Smoking Guns or Facebook, R.C. Woods, so we can get that first mom-to-mom -mom interview. Yeah, and Mac is the guy. Mac is is the big tight yeah. end, number 88. That guy made a spectacular catch. Was on that, that one-handed one? Long. Yes. yes. One-handed. One-handed. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, so four touchdowns, one interception, and if we remember correctly, that one interception was a tip ball, which, I don't know, do you blame the quarterback for that or not? I've always been the kind of guy that, like, you can't blame that on the quarterback. Uh, if he had thrown the perfect ball, it wouldn't have gotten tipped. There's that argument to be made. Um, but in any case, four to one, I'll take all day long. If we have, uh, you know, what, 32 touchdown passes and what is that, uh, four interceptions? Eight interceptions. I don't know. I don't. I don't like math. Um, but I'll still take that. You're like me, Philip. <laughs> and what I love about our quarterback play over the rest of the league is we know who our quarterback is. Let's not start muddying the waters now with uh, Sinet and Jawan Pass. Like we have, we have our quarterback. Uh, there are other teams that that are doing weird things at quarterback. DC. Um, Seattle has done it. Vegas is doing it. Orlando. Um, Orlando yeah, is doing it. Yeah. Where even, even Houston is using McDonald on now. I think they have a plan for how they use Cole McDonald over Brandon Silvers. Um, so I'm not as big a detractor of what they're doing because I think when they put him in, they're looking for something very specific and that's all he does very much like a Taysom Hill kind of thing. When you put in Taysom Hill, at quarterback, you know this is going to be gimmicky and weird and and something different, um, and I'm kind of okay with that. Uh, so the Brahmas look great to me. They did. I realize that uh, I realize that uh, some people look at it and go, "Well, yeah, they only had six points in the first half." I, I don't care. They had 30 points by the end of the game, and that's what's important. They caused a turnover. That's our. I guess is it a, does that technically count as a turnover, Leo? 
the the punt. Oh yeah, that's a turnover. I mean, well, okay. you're gonna get the ball anyways, but it's a it's a turnover, and and they got the ball, you know, much deeper in uh, in the uh, Guardians' territory than it would have been. Almost, I mean, it almost could have been a touchdown uh, if the if the, uh, the lineman could have scooped that ball and ran with it. But yeah, uh, he, did, he did good on on covering up and and making sure that they got the ball and in in that that kind of field position. So yeah, I I I I'll stop short of saying they were great. I think they did very well. It's very encouraging. Definitely progress from the first game. Yes. Um, yeah, a lot of progress, uh, except maybe the running game. But I think Orlando really kind of that their game plan was to stop the run uh, because the, the Brahmas were so run heavy in the first game. And that's more credit to the Brahmas to be able to adjust and make those adjustments uh, to kind of open things up for Cohen a little bit um, in the second half. It was frustrating to see. Uh, a little bit of predictable uh, predictability on the offense, especially when it came to the running game. Um, so there's there's things that can be that can be improved on. Obviously, line play. You know, uh, they they made some changes, so it's a, it was a, a little bit different offensive line than we had in the first game. Um, so there's definitely strides and improvements that can be made. Um, but I'm really encouraged for seeing what from week one when they really played well enough to win that game. And then week two where there was no questions whatsoever at the end that this was, you know, that the Brahmas were bringing that W back home. Well, the most important adjustment in all football, uh, the most important adjustment in the game, according to the experts at ESPN and part of the broadcast. I don't know if you picked this up because I know that you both were in watch parties where the audio was weird, but they made a big deal at the beginning of the game. And at the end of the game with Heinz Ward, about the number one adjustment he made to the team so that we were successful this week. Did you hear what it was? Was it the pass rush? No. Like continuing with the pass rush? No. No. Okay. Offense? What was it? He put his coordinators up in the booth instead of on the oh, sideline. That yes. made all the difference in the world. That made all the difference in the world, man. They that had was the every side view. <laughs> well, that was that was a change. Yes, I did catch oh, that. <laughs> I, do, I do see that the team members and all the players just meshing together. And that's what I saw the second game compared to the first game. Well, I mean, we should start seeing that across the league. Yes. Like we should start seeing Not some of these teams really start gelling, except maybe in Orlando. Man, Orlando is a mess. Like their first game was rough, but everybody has rough games. But now they come out and, and their home game, which I don't know, we could have a whole conversation about whether – home game actually means anything when you have to fly out on the same plane as the team you're playing against um, their home game at their home stadium. And I don't know that they, I know they didn't look any better than they looked the first week. I think they looked worse, not necessarily on the field, but there's drama all over that team. You got that, guys telling each other, shut up in the huddle. <laughs> you got right. a player. You got a player telling the head coach he's not coming out of the football game. Yeah. yeah what is it's, that? It's uh, Look, a I've been around fo- I've been around football for a long time. I've been on the sidelines and and around coaches and teams a lot from on every level, high school, college, all the way up uh, into professional football. I have never heard a player clap back at a coach like that when a coach says I'm going to take you out of the game. You ain't taking me out of the game. I've heard that exchange, 
But the fact that it went on for another 30 seconds, and I'm like, you don't talk to the head coach like that, especially not when this is last last chance university. Like it showed me that that there may be players around there that aren't big fans of Terrell Buckley, and that player seemed like one of them. Um Buckley and his sideline interview where he said the the changes he needed to make were everybody. Like nobody's got any heart, nobody's got any passion. We just need to get guys out there that want to play. Um, the guys that want wow. to produce, that guys that can produce. Yeah, he he put all of the blame on his players and none on himself or or his coaching staff. Um, he didn't take any responsibility. He said it's just getting guys out there that that can produce that want to. You know, we're gonna have to swap them all out and put guys out there that 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 want to play and can produce. Um, where maybe it's it's a point of motivation, or these guys aren't producing because they're not they're not being led. I, I, it's hard. I mean, we we don't know. We're not there, but it it certainly looks like there's it's a bad situation right now on that team. And then at the end of the game, post game, they're talking to which hey, stop grabbing coaches that just lost games in post game. Man, I get that <laughs> I we're doing like all that. access kind of stuff. That's but they're much. mad. They're in a bad mood. You don't want to talk to them. We don't want to hear from them. Um, they grabbed him after the game, and he laid out a big list of things that are going to have to change and things that are going to have to be different. And Stormy, I think it was Stormy. I don't remember who the reporter was. Uh, the sideline reporter gave him an opportunity and said, give me one positive thing that you take away from this game today, coach. And he said nothing. Man, mm. coach speak is... Hey, we got guys out there that are giving their all. We got guys out there that are sweating and and beating. And it's not all of them, but some of them. And I'm seeing some really good effort from some of my guys out there. Like you just took your entire team when you said nothing. There's nothing positive about today. And that guy that busted his butt all day long sees that when he goes home or has a friend text him about that and feels like there's nothing I can do to make this coach happy. You weren't thinking of that guy. You were thinking of the guy that that you're going to have to replace because he's not giving maximum effort. Yeah. But that does that message doesn't just land with that guy. It lands with the whole team when you say there's nothing. There's it's nothing positive message. that happened on the field. Look. Bad message and a bad look. Talk. What about did you think? Polar opposites and two teams that are going in different directions. You know, one with the win. The teams, you know, they 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 uh came out with the with the ice bucket the water and you know dunked uh, uh Heinz Ward for his first win and everybody's excited over there and you could just tell it's a different culture mm-hmm. and then take those two groups and put them on the same plane to come back home I can't imagine how awkward that was right um well I don't know I I don't think the Guardians got on the plane because I heard one of the players at halftime saying we do not get on the plane without a W so <laughs> I did I hear know. that. Yes. <laughs> did they walk I don't know. That they, I, I guess. I mean, they walked back to Arlington, I guess. I chartered uh, a bus. So what do you think of the decision by the XFL to not sell seats on one whole side of the stadium? I, didn't like I understand that. that they're trying to go after a, a an, an optic where it's like, Oh, the same, the stands look full, but the cameras showed both sides of the stadium, so you could right. you could you still have the optic of wow, there's nobody sitting over there. So I, I mean, 
somebody made the decision that half a stadium looking full is better than a whole stadium looking half full. I don't know if that was the right decision or not. It was certainly kind of strange. It was kind of weird. Moferrante checking in. It looks weird to see an entire side of the stadium being empty. It does. I agree. I agree. It does. And they were all on the visitor side. I know. Yeah. Brian Wenzel, who was at the game, he told, he texted me and he says everybody's on the visitor side. It's not even the home side, which I don't know, wacky. Which is also the side in the sun. So you <laughs> took your fans and put them in the sun. On a hot day. Not in the shade. I don't get it. I don't uh, understand. Poor planning. <laughs> I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure they were going for something specific. But wow, uh, when I really thought about it, I'm like, wait, that's the... That's the side that's in the sun because that's what you do. That's the smart thing to do. Like put the put the visitors in the sun, but you put all the fans in the sun too. Yeah, after seeing all of this, I mean, I don't think there's any question that uh, San Antonio and St. Louis are going to be the two fan bases that the XFL are really going to lean on. Uh, th- th- those are the pillars that are going to hold up this league for, for at least this first season. Seattle, I thought, was going to bring it too, but – you know, that, that first game at Seattle, I think I think they had, what, was it 12,000, 11,000? No, 10,000 something. Um, yeah, they were really was, loud, though. We'll loud. give them that. Yeah, they were really loud, so we'll give them that. But the numbers just need to the, – the numbers need to be better around the league. I, I've seen stuff coming out today. It was kind of reminded me of the, 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 uh, the AF days, the commander days, because I've seen stuff out there about – uh, people where they're they're taking numbers and they're just looking at the numbers. Oh, look, you know the the, the attendance dropped. You know, almost ten thousand people just from what week one to week two. You know, uh, the league is headed the wrong direction. I'm like, well, there wasn't a game in San Antonio in week two. There's your reason right there why it dropped. It's okay. the numbers were really the same in those other stadiums are comparable. But you you know, one of your major fan bases, well, actually both of your major fan bases didn't have a game. Uh, this in week two at their home stadiums and, and um, uh, only one did in the, in the first week. So uh, the numbers right now are a little skewed. So I just put the number. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I do hope that next year they kind of look at our schedule. We had one game and then three games away. And then we have a home game, which is the weekend of Easter. You know what I mean? Like, I hope we have better planning for next year. That's all I can say. Well, my guess is that they are um, dodging around a lot of things like rodeo, um, things like uh, mm-hmm. Final Four. You know, they don't they don't necessarily, the XFL doesn't get the option to just put those games at any time of the day or weekend that they want to. They still have to work around some other things. Um, up on the screen right now, if you're watching us live, uh, you will see the current attendance for the XFL. Um, I only point this out. Obviously, we know San Antonio is is amazing, but mm-hmm. we are not. We do not have the best attendance in the league anymore as far as total is concerned. There is one team that has beat us out. The Houston Roughnecks have had 24,549 fans, but they've had two games to it do that. It took them two weeks to do that, though. Yeah. yeah. We'll get our second game. We'll see what we have to say yeah. about that. We'll show them. Right, San Antonio? Oh, for sure. Orange forward. I also want to point out on this, uh, if you're watching live, 
that the bottom corner gra- the bottom corner of this graphic is the most important part to me. It is the average attendance over all the league, um, over all the games, and right now it is north of twelve thousand people. Twelve thousand seven hundred and twelve is the current average for XFL games. And you may say, "Well, that doesn't sound very good." I will tell you, I can remember the days of the AAF, and there is no way that that average was a five-figure average um, in the AAF. So to me, this is a good number. Could it be better? Sure, absolutely. Um, Is it weird that the XFL isn't doing a lot of really specific marketing and really, really pushing this hard? Yeah, I do find that odd. But in the long run, this is doing better than the AAF did, which is good because the AAF didn't last. Um, 12,000 as an average, that includes your... 24,000 that we brought in, but that also includes the 6,000 out in Vegas. Um, 12,000 is, is is a good number, and it's going to come bad. up because we're, we're going to see more games in San Antonio. We're going to see more games in St. Louis. And then I think Houston is actually going to be on the rise, although they've already had two of their five games. Um, they, are, they are already, after next week, they are already halfway done with their home season. Wow. Um, well, San Antonio can help them with their their next game. Yeah, we can get some Brahma fans in the seats over there. It's only a two and a half hour drive. Yeah, um, it is on a Sunday night though, so that's what makes it hard. But oh, uh, but here, can, let me tell do you, do our part to get that number up. I went to the Houston Roughnecks game yesterday at TDECU Stadium. Great place to watch football. It's it's a really solid stadium for what it is for for XFL football. Um, you're never far away from the action. It feels like you're a lot closer to things than you are at the Alamo Dome, actually. Um, the the stadium is well built. Uh, the concourse area is all open down to the field so that you can see the game even when you're standing in line uh, waiting on a soda or a beer. Um, cool. The thing I really think is, is uh, important is... The, the drive, you mentioned it, Leo. Um, hey, it's only two and a half hours. I will tell you, I'm, I'm a little closer, but I'm still two hours away from Houston um, down here in Palacios. I left about three o'clock yesterday. I got there in plenty of time for the game. I watched all of the football game. I left and came home and I was home by 11 o'clock. So, I, I mean, if you add an extra 30 minutes on either side of that, if you leave... On Sunday, if you're going to go to the game as a San Antonio Guns, uh, San Antonio Brahmas fan or Gunslingers fan, whatever you are, uh, if you're going to leave the house at two or two thirty, drive down to Houston, enjoy the game, you're still going to get home around midnight. That's not bad. Like it's not terrible. No, you can handle it. We're all fans. We all make sacrifices for our team. Uh, do it, man. It, there, there's plenty of seats. There's not a bad seat there. Um, they have the whole lower bowl is what they've opened up so far. And then of course the, the suites were open. I don't know who was up there. People that have way more money than I have. If you have stadium seats, if you're going out to the game and you have stadium seats, bring them because it is bleacher style seating for everywhere that is not club level. So if you're one of those people that sits on those bleacher seats and your back starts hurting you, um, bring stadium seats. They will let you in with them. I saw plenty of people with them yesterday. Um, but it's a great place to watch a game. 
Thanks for that. I'm going to go buy some. I hadn't thought about yeah. that. <laughs> well, well, my concern is I'm probably going to be driving by myself, which I don't really want to do. And then I heard the neighborhood's a little rough, which, again, I don't really want to be there by myself. So I don't like driving at night, so I'm going to spend the night. Again, I don't want to be by myself. So I don't know if any other Brahma mamas are out there who would like to join me to go to the game. I would really, really appreciate it. So let me tell you a secret yeah. about uh, this experience that I learned yesterday, and I'm going to share it with everybody that will listen. Parking at TDE, tar, parking around TDECU Stadium is $40. 40 So That's think about that next time you pay your 28 bucks to park at the Alamo Dome. It could be 40 Parking is 40 there are also two lots that are $30. They are further out from the stadium, which means you'll have about a half mile walk, it looks like, based on the map. Not me. Or, or you could look up Metro Rail, the purple line. It terminates near a very large parking lot. You can jump on the Metro Rail. You can park there. Oh, by the way, that parking lot is also attached to. Uh, either a uh, Harris County or a, uh, a city of Houston um, substation for the police. So the lot is safer. Okay. There's nothing safe, but it's safer. Uh, you jump on the train. The train is three stops away from the stadium. It takes about 15 minutes on the train to get over to the stadium area. You can get off the train and go do tailgating if you want to find the tailgating or you can go right into the thing. It's free to park, and it is free to ride the train as long as you have a ticket uh, to the game. So you can save yourself 30 or $40 if you just want to take the train. Um, look up Metro Rail. Look up the Purple Line, the Palm, Palm Center, Palm Transit Center, something along that line, is where you'll want to aim your GPS, park there, ride the train in, it's the way to go. Um, Sounds like I, it. I think it's the best way to do this. So that's a secret. Don't tell anybody. Um, but let's all use the train uh, if you want to save yourself some money. By the way, on my way back to the car, I mentioned something about, gee, I hope our cars were safe. And several of the folks that regularly use the train said, oh, we started using the train because we paid in 2020 to park at the stadium and our cars got broken into at the stadium. So we've started parking over here and have not had those problems. Now, as sure as I say that. Something's going to happen. Something might happen. I, I can't promise your car will be safe, but I can't promise your car will be safe anywhere, not even in your driveway. Sure. But that being said, that's a great way to save yourself 30 or 40 bucks um, and, and enjoy the game. Uh, the Houston Roughnecks beat the Arlington Renegades. And I've got to tell you, the Houston fans out there in uh, TDECU Stadium were great. And here's what made them great. I wore this shirt. I wore my San Antonio Brahma shirt all day. Nobody said a word or gave me a hard time at all. Good. Until there was about a minute left in the game and the game was well in hand. And they knew they were going to win. And then they started razzing me a little bit about, oh, <laughs> y'all are here next week. But that means that the fan uh, base is focused. We've got Arlington in front of us right now. We're going to deal with that. 
once we know we have Arlington beat, then we can give this Brahma's guy a little bit of a hard time. And it was it was fun. Uh, all gentle, you know, fan kind of stuff. Nobody threatened me or was going to injure me. Uh, we had a great time. But it would have been uh, different love- if you were wearing a Spurs or a Maverick shirt. Right? That would have been different. <laughs> different story. But yeah, I do love cool. the fact that they were focused on this is our Arlington game. We're not worried about you, Brahma guy, until yeah. we know we've got Arlington beat, and now we turn on you. <laughs> and I got to tell you, they are so excited about being undefeated, not just this year, 2-0, and but being undefeated in the 2020. They see yeah. that as being 7-0. and The fact that it is two completely different teams with completely different staffs and players and everything, it's basically two totally different teams that just happen to carry the same name. They're not counting that at all. They think they're seven and zero. what that means is if the Brahmas come in and beat them on Sunday, that'll be rich. That'll be really rich. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to find out real quick. The two one Oh got something to say. The Brahmas right? coming in there. Yep. So I think the San Antonio Brahmas and the Houston Roughnecks is the game for the XFL next week. I know that they are already billing the St. Louis and DC game as the game of the week because it's two undefeated teams going up against each other. But we've already talked some this show already about how St. Louis has just been lucky. We could also have a conversation about DC and have they really played anybody to be all that worried about? Seattle doesn't have anything figured out. By the way, Leo, you watched that Seattle game? Yes. Did you watch the first Seattle game? The Seattle DC game? Yes. Yes, yes I did. Do you do you get the feeling that Jim Hazlitt does not care about this at all? Like, do hmm. you get the sense that the head coach in Seattle just is like, eh, whatever? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. He's definitely not like a fiery uh, uh, coach. Um, he's definitely very cordial. Of, of all the coaches, I think he's like the most cordial coach to the sideline uh, uh, interviewers. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I, I haven't taken that and translated that into that he's not invested. Um, I just think, you know, he's been around for a while and he knows he knows what this is and where he's at. And he's more about, about building something than expecting immediate results. That's what I get. But I understand what you're saying. I get, I get a really, I get a really big sense of he's like, yeah, whatever. I'm here to coach. I'll coach. If they tell me they don't want me anymore, I'll go home. But he's even said a couple of times in interviews that like he's doing this because his wife wanted him to get out of the house. Like <laughs> he's really kind of had this attitude of like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll coach. Uh, Maybe his pragmatics are off. You don't think so he wants say, that extra thousand dollars after the game? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Uh, if he does, he's got to teach Ben DiNucci to hang on to the ball, apparently. Uh, uh, yeah. The 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 DC game, the the St. Louis DC game is being billed as the game of the week. I don't think that's the case. And here's why. Uh A, this game this week between Houston and San Antonio is for, admittedly, really early, the lead in the South Division. Um they are 2-0. and We are 1-1. and If we were to beat them, we would have the head-to-head. And so we would be leading the South Division. I realize it's early for that and early to start talking about that. 
but I think it's worth mentioning. The other thing is um, you can start looking at some things right now and seeing how teams stack up. And yeah. while we don't know what San Antonio and Houston will do to each other, we do know that they have played a common opponent. And at that common opponent, uh, at home, Houston beat Orlando 33-12. to 12. Mm-hmm. In Orlando, San Antonio beat Orlando 30 to 12 in the thirties. Those are very similar scores. So to me, common opponent week after week, one home, one away, one, three more points than the other. I see this as a very evenly matched game. Am I wrong? I would agree. Yeah, no, this is going to be a really good game and neither team should be very comfortable uh, going into it. Right. I will tell you, Houston fans are really comfortable. Houston fans. I don't know about the team, but I know that Houston fans are like, oh, we're going to beat the Brahmas. And I'm like, okay, I I don't know that. I think this is going to be a really good football game. Uh, San Antonio is the same way. We'll talk smack and act like we're we're not worried about anything. But, you know, inside, we you know, we really are. We know. And I think Houston's kind of kind of the same. Uh, I definitely agree with you that this game is going to be a statement game for the South. It's going to mean a lot to mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, who kind of takes control of that division because Orlando, they're 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 not going to do it. They're not going to improve enough to be able, even if they make a, a push at the end of the season. But I just don't see that happening. Arlington, mm, maybe, but yeah, I, I think right now it's 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 Houston and uh, and. Uh, San Antonio for sure. I just I want to say something real quick because I see the comment here from Bruce Gonzalez, and um, yeah, he this this was at the watch party that we were at, and he comes up to me and and he said he used to listen to us back in the day of the Commanders, and you know we had a lot of people listening to us, and he said something about yeah, I was the one that won the shirt that you guys gave, that you guys gave out, and I I know that Jerry. Uh, made a, a shirt or something back in the commander days. And I was thinking, well, maybe this, maybe uh, RC did a giveaway or something for one of those shirts. And, and, uh, and he won this, but so I was like, I wasn't sure, but I was like, okay, I kind of sort of remember that. Yeah. Good, good to meet you. It was good to meet him and, and talk about, we talked a little bit about the show and what we're doing here. Um, so yeah, he's saying he got us, conf- he got me confused with one of those other guys. Uh, I remember what podcast he's talking about, by the way, I don't remember the name of the podcast, but, I know, I know what he's talking about, but uh, it's good to meet you at the uh, watch party there, Bruce, uh, since we hadn't um, we hadn't talked before. Yeah, I don't know about Jerry giving away any shirts because he makes all of mine custom made and my hat custom Yeah, and I thought he made a custom shirt back in the yeah. Commander's days. Yeah, he made some custom ones, and I thought maybe he gave away one or something because no. we, we gave away some stuff back then. That's true. I, don't, I just don't remember that. That's not the norm of him to give away our custom Gotcha. Sorry. So, uh, we beat Orlando. We've got Houston on. And and really, I I think San Antonio fans right now, if you're listening to us live, if you're checking out the video later in the week, if you are pulling up the podcast right now and you're listening on your device, really think about whether you want to uh, just make the trip over to Houston. There'll be watch parties you can always watch it at home. I'm telling you, it's a great place to go watch a game. Tickets are affordable. Um, 
And, you know, wouldn't it be neat to, A, help the XFL pump that number up a little bit? Mm -hmm. B, wouldn't it be great if the Brahmas uh, score a touchdown and it's just as loud in there? (laughs) That would definitely be cool to have a a big Brahma presence over there for the game. Yeah, and and then as far as the drive, I mean, if if fans kind of coordinate together, like RC I said, about carpool, carpool with me. carpooling or or uh, you know caravanning uh, together and making that drive uh, to and from the cities uh, together, you know that that's a uh, that's out there and, and able to do. We're staying the night just because my my uh, nephew lives there, and he's coming to the game with us. He was a Roughnecks fan. Uh, back in the 2020 iteration of the XFL, but he is uh, first and foremost San Antonio, so he is definitely a Brahmas fan this time around, um, and so he really wanted to go to this game. So my brother, his father, and and I are going out there, and we're we're spending some time out there with family. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to see a lot of Brahmas fans show up there at the stadium and and see a bunch of the uh, yellow and and black out there and being just as loud. I wonder if we or someone, not I, because I'm too busy, but if someone could organize a bus, I would very appreciate going on a bus, driving yeah. up there, going little to the too, game and driving back. And I don't have to put my hands in the steering wheel. Little too too little too late for that. I don't know if that's something that can be put together that quickly. That'd be quick. I know they're trying to put together a bus right now what? uh for Arlington. For Arlington. Right. That's trying yeah. to happen right now. But maybe somebody knows someone that that's in the, the in the uh, the bus industry, you know, that that charters those out. Maybe somebody out there knows somebody and could put something together that quick. So who knows? Brian Winslow checking in on Facebook and says Orlando can only count to twelve. Yep, apparently so. <laughs> like, they it. got a good game plan for those two touchdowns. Past that, they really don't know what they're going to do. So uh, let's take another quick break. When we get back, uh, we're going to talk about a few different things, little things, uh, things around the XFL. And we've got a couple of gunslingers notes that we want to talk about. Um, RC got to be our own Simon Cowell. Well, she can't be as mean as Simon Cowell. I would never be mean. Book of Guns podcast. We'll be right back right after this. All right. We're back, Smoking Guns Podcast, Philip Higginbottom, Leo Almas, R.C. Woods, uh, hanging out with you and talking about Brahmas. The Brahmas get a win 30-12 to 12 over the Orlando Guardians. We go on to face the Houston Roughnecks on Sunday night, 7 p.m., TDECU Stadium. We've already been talking about the ways you can do that. Dude, tickets are so affordable. I think I just looked them up a second ago, and there's $25 tickets, and I, I just told you yeah. how to park for free. Um and gas is gas. Like you're going to spend money on gas, but you're going to do that anyway. Um, yeah. So you can go and enjoy this game for cheaper than you can actually go to a, a uh, 60 bucks. Yeah. Cowboys 60 game. bucks. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Cheaper than a Spurs <laughs> game. Oh you yeah. Can go see, you can go see San Antonio. And I just think it would be really cool if we had a nice, big, loud, Contingent of fans right there in TDCU Stadium. But first time the gunslinger, uh, the I did it again. First time the Brahmas did something really amazing. If it was just as loud as anything Houston has done, watching the Houston fans would be a lot of fun. Um, 
Come on out and enjoy the game. We're all three going to be there. Um, yep. We've all got our stel- ourselves figured out for getting down there. Come join us. Uh, Leo and I are in the same section. We're in 102. Sounds right. Yeah. If you're looking corner, for tickets, corner in like, zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're in section 102. Um, and then uh, RC, we're still efforting on exactly where you're going to be. Um, yes. Right. Uh, Brian Winsloff was our Brahma's fan that was out in Orlando because he lives there in Houston. He said he had fun seeing the Orlando fans leave early. Ha <laughs> ha. Let's do that to the Houston fans too, man. Let's, uh, right. let's put them out of there early. It's going to be a good football game. I really think it's going to be the best game in the XFL uh, this week. I, the DC and St. Louis game will be fine to watch on TV, but the one I would want to be at, if I could be at any of the three, is the San Antonio and Houston game, and we'll be there. So, Yeah, I looked it up, Philip. Section 102, uh, I'm in row 11. I think you're in row 10. Yeah, and we're right, right on the aisle between section. We're right on the aisle that's the, the inside of the end zone. So I believe that's 103. That's the next one. But that's that's where we'll be at if uh, any other Brahma fans want to come out. And those seats right there are, I think they're like 25, 30 bucks, like you said. Yeah, they're 20, they're 24, 50 or something like that. But then mm-hmm. when Ticketmaster adds its stuff on, they go up to 29 or something like that. I think that's what I ended up paying for mine. Um, but it's a great, I, like even in the corner of the end zone, it's not a bad place to watch the game. Um Come on out and join us. RC. Oh, Mo checking in. She says she's in 105, so she'll just be a few few sections over from us. Awesome. Um, we'll have to come say hi. How about y'all getting there, Mo? Maybe I can hitch the ride with y'all. Okay, well, why don't you work out your plans for getting to the game on not on air? <laughs> um But, RC, I do want to talk to you about something else. Let's take a break from XFL Talk. We'll get back to it in a minute. But you got to do something this weekend. Yes. You got to go be a judge. Yes, I was the honorary judge for the Gunslingers. Um, I know they had a couple of, like, practice um, events before today's date, before uh, Saturday. And so I was there. There was three other um, judges. And originally, they had wanted to get a squad of 10, solid 10. But there was 12 um girls ladies that had tried out and there was two that were virtual and so if i tell you that there was a young lady at the age of 35 trying out because that was her passion it was amazing she was shaking it more than the, the girls who were 23 i'm just saying there was another young lady who had just moved three weeks ago and she was trying out so the passion for these ladies to come out in a two-piece, of course, that's that's the only reason why I didn't try out because of the two-piece thing. You know, I, <laughs> I could do one piece, I could do it, right? Uh, but they were so kind to me. Um, great introduction. They had treats for me. They had a little bag. They had a thank you card. I just love the Gunslingers. So it all came down to drum roll. They picked 14 of them. Everyone got on the squad. <laughs> They were all that good? Yes. They, it was great. really hard. It was really hard. We had to ask a question. We had to check their appearance, their endurance. They did the kicks. Um, one of the questions I asked was, uh, 
who's your uh, your role model? One girl said herself. I asked if what animal could you be? What would it be? It was a lion because of their fears. I mean, they're intelligent, kind women that are going to be supporting and demonstrating and representing the gunslinger. So I'm very proud to be one of the judges and very, very proud to be part of, of the Sixers. So I'm there was no. Right Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you right now, I've never been a judge for any kind of cheerleading or beauty contest or anything like that. I don't want to. Like, that's just not a job that I would find a whole lot of interest in. But asking the question, who is your role model? And somebody that has the guts <laughs> to say, me, I'm my role model. And give me a good, solid, uh, you know, not egotistical answer as to why that's the case. That's guts, man. There's a certain amount of guts to be like, no, no. I am proud of what I've accomplished in life. I am my own role model. That's um, a gutsy answer. That, that's a kind yeah. of self-actualization that people should strive toward. Is like, yeah. I, I, I am my role model. I am yeah. proud of who I am and what I've become. That's big. That's that's deep. That's cool. As it was, you know, some of the answers they were, were from, like, they kind of grew up in low poverty. They weren't um, able to really continue sure. their dance team after high school they didn't go to college whatever and just like some of the players that they have a dream right and they don't want to give up on that dream those were those ladies of course there were some of the, of the of the girls that were young you know they were part of the strutters which i didn't know what a strutter was i thought it was a part of a car but apparently it's the dance team from san marcus so hey you learn something every day right so i didn't know i didn't know so now I know, right? That's half the battle, G.I. Joe, right? So I, it was a great time. And, and thank you to April. Thank you to the, the coach of the six shooters was one of the six shooters last year. Mm -hmm. So look at that, you know? So it's just amazing. It's just amazing to see the growth. The San Antonio Gunslingers are our national arena team. They're our indoor football team. If you're just checking in and you're like, hey, I thought we were talking about the, the XFL. We are. Um, mm -hmm. But we also yeah, talk man. about our San Antonio Gunslingers. They begin their season on April 8th in the Freeman Coliseum against the Carolina Cobras. If you've never been to an indoor football game, you owe it to yourself to go online right now to San Antonio Gunslingers and check out uh, ticket prices and come and be a part of that game on April 8th. I guarantee. Oh, sure. I don't I don't guarantee a lot of things when I don't have control of it. I guarantee you will have an awesome time at a San Antonio Gunslingers game at an indoor football game and as part of uh, part of the San Antonio uh, Gunslingers posse, as we've yep. we've come to call them. Uh, it's a blast. It's a lot of fun and it's affordable. Uh, it's a great family. way to spend a Saturday afternoon, which is what that will be. Uh, come join us um, and, and watch arena football kickoff in the Alamo city. It's a big deal. Yeah. Can I they definitely go all. I really go want ahead. Them, I really want them to be the halftime show for the XFL Brahmas, but don't tell anybody. Cause I'm going to work on it behind the scenes. Well, I think you just told all of you the. Just told everyone. What? No, did I? <laughs> 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 I, I I was gonna say the uh, gunslingers definitely put their all into each and every production on every game. Uh, yep. I second what Philip says. Uh, definitely going to check out at least one game, or just go ahead and get your season tickets. They're available. And I saw a note today. I saw a post that 
actually individual game tickets are now available. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. To, Just to went fans. on sale today. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and and uh, there were their season tickets have been available now for a couple of weeks. It's been at least three or four weeks. Uh, I know that they had an email thing to sign up, and they were sending out emails. Um, I, I'm getting a message right now, actually, from a previous season ticket holder um, asking if if uh, those emails went out. I I saw an email from the Gunslinger, so I don't know uh why you wouldn't have seen yours you check your junk mail or something but uh an email definitely went out at least uh i want to say it was three three weeks ago maybe even a month so it's been it's been a while now uh but there's still last i checked i think there's plenty uh there's plenty of space available uh the ball will get rolling more as we get closer i'm sure so don't don't uh wait too long if you say I am a fan of professional football and you tell me that, and then you say, but I'm not going to watch the gunslingers. Cause that's, that's not my thing. You're not, you're not a fan of professional football. Um, I, I understand that the arena game and the indoor game is different. It's a different game. The game. It, we've talked about this before. It is, it is a cousin. It is related, but it doesn't look, it's not a brother. It's a cousin. But it is a fun experience. It is still football. There are still big hits, great catches, um, touchdowns galore. We got uh, they got everything Every as part of the game. It just cheerleaders. yeah. Um, you you should give it a try. You owe it to yourself if you like football to give it a try. Try it one more time. If you don't love it, don't do it again. That's fine. But you should give it a try. Indoor football is something that I think everybody that thinks of fo- they're a football fan should give a try to sometimes because um, it's really a lot of fun and the gunslingers put on a great show. And there's talent. Some people seem to think, I know that I've talked to that just don't know a lot about the indoor game. They think it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's not a lot of talent out there and they're, you know, wow, it's not, it's not real football. I mean, it's definitely a different variation of football. It's a lot faster, a lot more. I mean, don't blink because you're going to miss it. It's high scoring. Not to say there isn't any defense. It's just that, you know, the field is only 50 yards. Um, It's a lot smaller and a lot faster game. So there's a lot of scoring even when there is good defense. And when there's good defense and you actually manage to get a stop, it's a huge thing because that, that is big in the game of arena football, but there is talent out there. And, you know, the, just look to the Brahmas for proof. They drafted a San Antonio gunslinger as their first overall player on the defensive side. Now he's not on the team right now, but coach Ward came out and said himself, the reason he's on the team or not on the team currently is not because he wasn't talented enough or because they didn't want him on the team. He was going through some, some, he suffered a loss in his family. Uh, he was going through some some family issues uh, that were out of his control and and just having a, a tough time. So, Coach Ward said himself, "I made the decision to let him go and deal with that with with that stuff without the distraction of football because this was a time where family has to come first, and he needed to be able to take care of those things. And uh, I I thought it was important for him to have that ability and not worry about." you know, any kind of deadlines of when he had to be back or this or that. It wasn't anything based on talent. That's from Heinz Ward himself. Sure. 
Last thing I'll say on the sales pitch for the NAL or for the San Antonio Gunslingers is if you jump on board with the San Antonio Gunslingers, you get to experience what we've been excited about now for months, and that is year-round football. Because mm-hmm. the XFL, as much as we love it and as great as it is, it ends on May 13th uh, with a championship game right here in San Antonio. And then if you don't have anything to fill that gap, May 13th to September is going to feel rough because there's not going to be any football for you to enjoy. But if you jump on board with the San Antonio Gunslingers, they start on April 8th and they're going to carry you all the way through July. They're going to bring that no football time, that window down to a simple month for Mm -hmm. you. Um, So why not Uh, jump aboard, be a part of it. It's a big deal. It's it's really a lot of fun. We would not try to tell you it was uh, if, if it wasn't, we've had a blast getting to be a part of this experience and you should give it a try. I can't say much more than that. Like you should give it a try. So let's talk about the Brahma's future. I I realize it's week two, the end of week two, we're headed into week three. Um, But look around the league now, Leo and RC, now that you've seen every team twice, what is the realistic possibilities for the San Antonio Brahmas right now. Is a championship a realistic possibility? Yeah. Uh, definitely. Absolutely. With our coach. Yes, absolutely. Especially with the coach that we, I mean, the coach and the quarterback that we have. He's Right now, he's got the most numbers out there. The best I mean, who are, who are the teams that would be above uh, the in these eight teams? Which teams would you rank in some sort of your own head power rankings above? Uh, you have to look at Houston, DC and St. Louis because they're all two and zero, and you have to say, yeah. are these teams better than the Brahmas? Well, St. Louis beat us head to head, so you kind of have to say, technically they are better than the Brahmas, even if the Brahmas beat them for fifty eight minutes of a sixty minute game. Um, technically, I disagree. They got I disagree. <laughs> I, I think I think they beat us in that week in week one. Uh, yeah, they're two and zero. You got to give them credit, and you got to rank them higher because they're two and zero. If you're doing an official ranking, but if you're talking about what team looks like the better team right now, do the Battle Hawks beat the Brahmas in Week Two? What the team we saw in Week Two? I don't no. think so. I honestly, I'll don't tell think you. So. Does DC beat the team, the Brahmas team we saw in Week Two? I don't think so. I think the only team that I have doubts is Houston, the Roughnecks. I'll tell you this about that St. Louis game. The more I think about it, losing that game in the fashion that we did could end up being the best thing that happened to this team because the only time we will have an opportunity for revenge on that game would be May 13th back in the Alamo Dome. That is the only way we will see the the Battle Hawks again. And if we went into that game, I guarantee you Coach Ward's entire message all two weeks leading up to that game would be remember what happened on February 19th. Remember when they came in here, you beat them, you were the better team, and they walked away with a win. Do not forget what happened. We got to eat the gristle. I loved it when I read that quote. When I read that analogy, we got to eat everything on the plate. We got to eat the gristle. We got to eat the vegetables. It's not just the meat. We got to clean right. that plate. I love that because that 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 gave me a little bit. What right. we were talking about last week. We need a little bit of nasty from our coach. Yeah, it's okay to kind of 
get in your face, get in, in people's faces a little bit. And when I read that, it was got to eat the gristle. I was like, oh, I love that. Yes. Well, and I'm not an offensive mastermind and I'm no head coach or anything, but as I look ahead to Houston, I will tell you that they are a great team when it comes to putting pressure on the quarterback and getting to the quarterback. They have, I think they lead the league in sacks right now. I think they had seven in week one. I know they had a few last night as I watched the game. Um, And I think Leo's looking up sack numbers for me right now. But I will say this, uh, with the team that we have built, look, we saw it happen to us yesterday. There are plays built into your playbook that take advantage of teams that rush the quarterback aggressively. Draw plays, which killed us yesterday, one time in particular, that they ripped off like a 30-yard draw play because we were rushing the quarterback and screens. And we have a great team built for draws and screens because uh, Balaj and Patrick are big old targets that can run up through that line and just sit down in that zone as that entire team comes at you. Jack can just drop that ball over those pass rushers to Kalen Balaj or to uh, Patrick, and they can take that ball and run off up the field. I think we have a beautiful setup to negate or at least mitigate some of that quickness to the the quarterback that they have running game will be huge. And yeah, you're right with those little screen plays. Uh, And to answer your question, yes, I was looking it up and (laughs) yes, uh, the roughnecks are first in the league with 12 sacks to date. Um, And guess who number two is the Brahmas Brahmas, Mm -hmm. uh, with seven. So yeah, there's, there's still a a bit of a difference there, uh, but Brahmas are second place, and they put a lot of heat on some quarterbacks uh, as well these these first two, couple of games. So um, it's not a weakness of the team by any means. No. Well, it'll be a really exciting game. I cannot wait. I, I, I love this experience. Just like back in 2019 when we got to be a part of that experience, this has been just a blast. Um, that we get to go to the game, you know, even going to a game that was not a Brahma's game, um, going to see XFL football, it's just, it's such a better experience than uh, going to an NFL game. There's there's just this, this chasm between you and the NFL game. It, it feels like mm-hmm. you're, um, I mean, most of these stadiums now that you go watch an NFL game out, you're watching it on TV anyway mm-hmm. because you're so far away from the field that you're really <laughs> just watching the Jumbotron. Yeah, unless you're, you're rich. Uh, you don't get that here. Like, you, you know, I did not look up at the – now, to be fair, I was under the real big Jumbotron, um, but I wasn't looking up at the screen near as much as I was watching what was going on on the field. Nick Holly. Caught his touchdown right in front of me. In fact, if you go back and watch the first quarter of the Houston game and you look up in the crowd when Nick Cowley catches his touchdown, you will see a Brahma's logo. And that's, that's me. That's All me. Right. Oh. Um, it, it's just a fun experience. And whether you come out to Houston or you go to a watch party here in town or you sit on your couch and enjoy it, I hope you're enjoying all of this because you know what's crazy? After this week, when we meet again next Monday, when we sit down to talk about the the 
gunslinger. The jeez, I keep. Oh doing my the lord! Brahmas, <laughs> the Brahmas beating the Roughnecks next week. We will be a third of the way practically through the season. We, we will already be uh, a third of the way through the season. We're already kind of a quarter of the way through the season at this point. Um, that's crazy. That's nuts that this is going so quickly. Yep, 10-game yeah. season, but we still have playoffs and the championship game right here in our backyard. So right. right. That's the goal. So as we wrap this up, any other news or notes that we've missed? I need to things kind of we touch, need to discuss. Yeah. Touch a little bit about Brahma Mama. So um just a reminder for all of those who um are jumping on the bandwagon with the Brahma Mamas, we're we're close to over 200 members. And so I thought maybe we'd have 50, you know? A lot of the women are jumping on board. Men are jumping on board. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. We added Monica Galvan, who's doing our merchandise. She's an administrator on the page. Uh, we have Sarah Rodriguez, who's helping us with the social media on the Instagram. We have Lolis. She's my podcast sister. So if there's times where I can't get on the page to do things, I have these three strong women to help me with that. Another update, um, give us some grace, um, tailgating. Everything is not perfect. You know, we may have some fumbles. We may, some people may not have been able to find the red bins, but together we were able to bring a collect, a trunk full of food to the food bank. And I think that's what's the most important. Um, yeah. The other thing is that we started um, organizing and creating a Fiesta medal with the Brahma Mama logo. So um, Ooh, I contacted the media. Cool. I contacted the people with who make the medals. I turned in the logo, and as of today, it's in the art department, and they're working on it. And so, do we know what it's going to look like? No. Are we going to sell it? Are we going to make profit? Is it just for us? I don't know. So as soon as the art department gives us a mock-up of the medal, I will put it on the Brown Mama page. Uh, we'll look at the cost. Uh, people have already offered to help with the cost and we'll just have to see where it's hopefully it will come out. You know, I think that's something that um, is very San Antonio. And that's why I wanted to do that for the Brahma Mamas. Saturday, April 22nd, right in the middle of, or right there at the end, I guess, of Fiesta, right in the middle of Fiesta. Saturday is in the middle of Fiesta. I don't care where it falls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. So that's 2, 2 p.m. Pacific. The DC defenders will be here in Alamo city to take on your San Antonio Brahmas. So we get a fiesta game um, here in San Antonio. That'll be exciting. Um, that'll be an interesting uh, party like no other party fiesta and a Brahmas game tailgating all together. Oh my gosh. will be a big deal. Are they doing something weird with the tailgating there? Are they blocking a certain parking lot off because it's fiesta? Did I read something about that? We need to look into that. Yeah, it yeah. sounds a little bit familiar to me. Last I heard, um, because that they are going to have some section of one of the parking lots uh, reserved for something going on with Fiesta, they're not pre-selling uh, uh, parking passes uh, for that game. So it's a first-come, first-served basis. You buy them as you arrive and as you enter uh, the parking lot. And once it's full, it's full, and you're just going to have to park in one of the surrounding areas. So uh, that's what I've heard about that. Via. Use the Via parking ride that day, man. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be a great way to get to and from the game. That is week 10, by the way. That is the final week of the regular season. Um, we will be securing our playoff spot, um, our our Southern uh, Division Championship, uh, because that's not a that is not a division game. Uh, so we should already have that sewn up by then. The the Southern Division Championship, right? Yep. Just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe wrangled up would be better than sewed. Whatever, whatever. Or like, you know, <laughs> it's the bull. Uh, so that is the 22nd, Saturday the 22nd, 2 p.m. There at the Alamo Dome, uh, right there in the middle of Fiesta. It's going to be a wild time, and it's going to be a great tail end of the season. But we got lots to do before then. We've got a game in Houston this week. Uh, then they go up to Seattle the week after that. And then finally, we get to come back home into the friendly confines of La Casa La and Casa. enjoy a San Antonio Brahmas game in week five as we welcome in the Arlington Renegades. And folks, if you have not been with us before, our call to you right now is to go into work tomorrow. And before you do anything else, request the day off for Monday, March 20th. Yep, You need that day off because the game does not start until nine o'clock. And as good as they're doing it, keeping these at three hours, that means the game will not end until midnight. So just go ahead and do yourself a favor. Request the time off now. It's still early. You should get, on get it. it. Um, get it done because PTO? we need to pack the dome um by then st louis will have had one or two home games i think they will have had two home games and we will be needing to match them punch for punch for this attendance they're Um, gonna try and beat us and they just might beat our first game with their first game so we need to come back yeah and they actually get a second game before they that earlier that weekend on saturday the day before uh, they get their second home game. Uh, so we will have some numbers to match by then. We will be behind at that point, um, and we'll have to get on the ball. But the Arlington Renegades will come in. Uh, from there, we go up to Arlington. That's a game that you were headed to, right, Leo? Yep, I will be there. In week six. Fun stuff. And then Vegas, you'll be out at Cashman Field. I will be at that one on my birthday. Yes. Celebrating my birthday with a Brahma's win. Easter weekend. The Roughnecks will be here on Sunday at 2 p.m. And then the Guardians will be here the next week. They get to come and try to avenge the win that we just put, the beating we just put on them um, on the 15th. Uh, Saturday the 15th, and then we already talked about that DC game on the 22nd. Man, that's all that's left. We can go through the whole schedule in a a couple of minutes because there's just only uh, eight games left. Moving fast. Right. So get on it. Get your tickets. Get your gear. Uh, I'm still waiting on some gear. I ordered a uh, FlexFit hat last week. And it still hasn't shipped yet. I wish they would ship things a little quicker. Um, I'm hoping I want to have it in time for Houston, for when we go to Houston. But uh, I I ordered another hat. I've got one. Now I'm going to have two. 
Um, so, when it comes to professional football, be it in Orlando or St. Louis, D.C. or Arlington, and especially out there in Houston, when it comes to professional football anywhere in the XFL or the NAL, it turns out the 210 has got something to say. Bang, bang.